Hey, I tried to put up the Christmas lights on our house. Emphasis is on tried to because for me it's always a challenge, you know, being kind of mechanically declined and all that. But but I, I, I did my best. And, and, and every year for me there's an annual confusion on which Christmas lights go on the outside and which goes on the inside, you know. And the ones on the outside, I always figure, forget which string to start with and where to start it on the house, you know, because if you don't do it right – you know, you end up too short on one side or too long on the other side or, or something like that. And, 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 and so, um, <clears throat> you know, brilliant mind that I am, um, I, I decided to put a tag on the string of outdoor Christmas lights. Okay, I'm going to do it. So I figured never again, never again will I have confusion on where to start with and where to end with. It's all going to work out. Okay, and so, so Monday was my day off, and so I decided to put up the Christmas lights. I'm going to do this. I pulled the string of lights out, and I read the marking that I put on last year, and it said this, start or end with this one. <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? I mean, just, just brilliant, you know, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what does that even mean? You know, what does that even mean? And who was that guy, and how can I hunt him down and, and shoot him? And so I said, well, maybe the next string of lights will be a little bit more clear, and this is what I wrote on the other one. Go ahead. Start or end with that one. How about that one? So on this one. And so I'm completely home. And so I began to think through this whole thing. And, and I'm, I'm looking at, why do we even need Christmas lights in the first place? I mean, what, 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 why do we even need that? And, and then I looked at my neighbors. My neighbors don't have Christmas lights. And they seem like very, very well-mannered, happy people. And then, and then I even got theological and thought, you know, um, Mary and Joseph didn't put up Christmas lights, and things seemed to work out really well with them. So, so my daughter called, then my daughter called, and she's coming home from college and, and asked, you know, she said this, she said this, Dad, I can't wait to see you guys for Christmas. How's that, you know? Oh, come on, come on. Oh, yeah. And, and, then, and then she said this. Dad, can you make sure you put up the Christmas lights outside this year? <laughs> and I thought, what? Crud. <laughs> That's not thought. Crud. I gotta, I gotta do this. So they, they made it up, and 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 everything hopefully is okay. They even work. But as great as and cool as Christmas is, those kinds of little details kind of create complexity, don't they? I mean, they make things a little bit harder, and they can become kind of messy, pulling out the lights, untangling them, getting them up, making sure the bulbs all work, getting the tree in place, getting all the cleaning done, getting all the cooking done. We mega clean, we over-decorate, we overcook, and because we overcook, we always over what? We always overeat, you know, all because of Christmas holiday. And, and, and I was just thinking this, I'm already calculating the amount of recyclable material that we're going to have. And so I'm already figuring out how much I can, I can store aside and set aside in order to make room for all the trash that Christmas generates. You guys do that as well? You know, I'm already beginning to calculate that kind of stuff. And, and, and every couple of years, we, we want to look at and we want to talk about this mess of Christmas, this thing called Christmas and, and, and really the mess it can make in our lives. And, and I want us to go back and look at the first Christmas and, and hopefully get us into the place where God wants us to get into and understand what, even in the midst of the mess that we could be going through this Christmas season, um, what God did and what God is even doing. Can you take a second and pray with me, please? So, Thanks, God, just now for these moments and this time. Um, we can sing your praise, the God of the eternity and forever, but we also know that you 
dwell in human hearts that love you and have accepted you through Christ. And I pray that you would speak to us. Give me the right words to share in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Statement of the Bible, um, it's not always used for Christmas, but it is a, it's a great Christmas statement. God's word says to this, but when the right time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman. And there's two parts to that verse of what it's telling us. One is on a big worldwide scale, and the one is now very, very personal. The first is the really, really big one when it says, for the, when the right time had come, and it's talking about world events. Just at the point in time of history when the Roman Empire had conquered pretty much everything, they had built roads, and it was safe to travel on those roads. And if God needed to get a message to spread throughout the world, that was a great way to do it, a great time to do it. And Alexander the Great, uh, thanks to him, he had conquered pretty much the whole known world. And at that point in time, there was a common language that the world was speaking, and that language was Greek. You had a common language, and you had common roads. It's like God said, I'm going to wait for the perfect time when this message of Jesus is going to go out to all the world. And he did, right then and there. That's it on the big scale. On the small scale, it says that he was born of a woman. And here's where it now gets personal, and here's now where it gets a little bit messy. And we know the story so well that sometimes we, we forget about the details of what probably went on in this person's life, in Mary's life. Um, we, we joke about this all the time, um, that if you look at any picture of Mary, um, whether it's Sunday school or a, a, you know, a great Italian artist, there's one main rule that all artists, for some reason, have to follow. It's like a law. The color that Mary wears is always what? Come on, it's always blue. It's always blue. I don't know why. It just is. I think it's an unwritten thing, and I think if you don't make her wear blue, um, you go to hell. I'm not sure what that is, but first thing. <laughs> Joseph, on the other hand, always wears brown, and it's always fringed with maroon. That's just simply the way it is. So you can look at pretty much any painting, any card done, and you'll see Mary in blue, and Joseph is, is in brown. Now, there are other rules about Mary. She has to be 24, 25 years old. Okay, she also has to be very Anglo-Saxon. She has to be very white. Okay, that's that's what she is, and she also has to look very very peaceful. Okay, always very peaceful. She's just gone through labor and given birth, but <laughs> everything is fine. Okay, everything's fine, and she's very very peaceful. Now, now the reality is, if you go back in time um, and try and understand what um, um, girls that gave birth or that were engaged. We're probably not 24, 25. They're probably 14 or 15, okay? Dads, hang on to your daughters, okay? Because that's really about the age that they were. That's the time that they were, they were, they were engaged. And so she was probably more like 14 or 15 years old. Um, the Bible says that she was engaged to a man named Joseph. And she was planning on marriage and life and being wife and mom. And life is very, very stable for her, okay? She's just like any normal kid growing up um, in Nazareth. It says this, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Take that one in when you're 15 years old. Let's jump over to Joseph. Let's go over a few blocks to him. And, and he's engaged to... 
I wanted to say his high school sweetheart, more like his middle school sweetheart, you know, his middle school sweetheart. And, 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 and he's not 30 or 40. He's probably 16 or 17 because that's what age that guys got married back then, 16, 17, 18. And, of course, he's wearing brown, and he probably works at Home Depot. Okay, that's what he does. I mean, that's what Joseph would be doing if it were today. And so you cut to the scene in Joseph's apartment. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid. To take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She'll have a son, and you're name him Jesus, for he will save his people from his sins. Any of you ever taken a stress test? Any take, I'm not talking about the treadmill stress test. I'm talking about kind of the, 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 the stresses going on in your life test. You can get them online, actually. You just look at it. You try type stress test, and they'll all, they'll, they'll, all these things will pop up. And there are all these kinds of things that are happening in your life, and you check off the ones that, that, that apply. And when you look at them, you'll find something that's fairly common. Most of them have to deal with life change, something in your life that's changing or something that's, that's different. For instance, changing the greeting from the middle of the service to the end is causing some of you stress already right now. It's like, oh my gosh, I actually have to remember names now. So, so I, I get it. Those things are stressful. Do you know that Christmas is really up there pretty high? Christmas causes stress. Well, pregnancy is pretty high up there as well. And, and if you tally the stress that um, these two kids are going through, Mary would become pregnant unexplainably, you know, um, unexpectedly. He's wondering what's going on in her head, you know? And, you know, you know there's joy, you know. She, she gets to, you know, give birth to the Messiah. There's joy there. But just think of the complications. I mean, think through how she has to break the news to family, you know, to mom, to dad, you know, to Joseph, to her fiancé. What will this do to my engagement? What are the, what are the neighbors going to say? What's going to happen to my life? What's happened in my life? My life was going to be going this way. I mean, normal. And all of a sudden, I got this angel, and, and everything's going crazy. Joseph, what's he supposed to do? What does this mean with his future? What does this mean to his life? And it's, it's all of a sudden, you think that when God enters into our lives or when God encounters us, life would get a whole lot simpler. But in this instance, life is not getting more simple. It's getting much more complicated and a whole lot more messy. Look at this verse. It says, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And you, you, just, just, you think about the, the, the implications of that. I mean, there's the, the humorous side. It's like, how do you raise the Son of God? You know, what happens if they want to arm wrestle? You know, what do you do with that one? You, you, you know, do you let them win or, or not? I just think the whole first Christmas was filled with a bunch of mess. People who say if you're in God's will, life will have no mess are just not correct. Because sometimes we would come to a place like this and say, I'm seeking you, God, but the more I seek you, it seems like the harder things are getting, the more challenging things are getting, the more complex things are getting. And I'm going to say, don't worry. Don't worry. Because it's always been that way. Mary and Joseph were in the center of God's will. You don't get more center in God's will than that. But they had the stress. 
says this at the time the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Now we're in familiar territory. It says, all return to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. Because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to where? Bethlehem. In Judea, David's ancient home. And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him his Mary, his fiancée, who was now, I like this, obviously pregnant. You know, obviously pregnant. The old version would say she was what? Remember? Great with child. Okay, great with child. I mean, she was big. Okay, and so they go, they go to Bethlehem, and, and now we really know the story. It says, while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born, and there was no room at, at the inn. So um, the Savior of the world, Lord Jesus, was born um, and placed in a manger, meaning probably in a barn or most likely a cave. Today it would be a side shed or a garage in which they said, we've got no room here in the house, but the garage, you can probably find some space there to spend the night. I can see Mary in this barn or in this garage, and she's thinking, um, okay, God, I'm waiting for the miracle, you know? Um, I'm here, I'm in the center of your will, and I'm sitting in the garage. I'm waiting for that messenger to come and saying, hey, a room has opened up in the inn. Not just a room, a suite of rooms. In fact, it's all comped for you, you know, and all your meals are taken care of. And afterward, there's going to be a three-week vacation for you and everything's going to be okay. But the contractions keep coming, but no one from the end comes. I just wonder if she had doubts, doubts, doubts. God, I'm in the center of your will, but things aren't going well. Doubts, doubts, doubts. She's in the smelly end of a barnyard and she's wondering what's going on and she gives birth. Shepherds come in with dirty teeth, drinking their cheap wine, and the wise men come with their camels. And the place is pretty crowded now. It's not what she expected, you know, with grandparents around and family and mothers and mother-in-laws. It's all so different. Sometimes stress comes because it's not our way. And we think it should be, but it's not. I want to stress again. Here's the first point. God doesn't do things my way. God doesn't work the story out the way I always would want. Now, in the back end, I'm always glad he doesn't, but sometimes when I'm at the front end, I want to roll out this story this way. Or when I'm in the middle of it, I want God to change the story, but he doesn't. God doesn't do it our way. If you ever looked at, at, at Christmas cards, I like Christmas cards now. Um, actually, you can take family pictures throughout the year, pictures, however, and you can actually get them. You send them to an off, and you can get them back in two days. You know, boom, and they have pictures of family. But, but back in the olden days, you know, when I was growing up, um, um, you couldn't do that. And so what you'd do is you'd buy Christmas cards. You'd, you know, you'd, you'd go to the store, and you'd buy a bunch of them. And a lot of them had manger scenes on them. And so the Christmas cards that you would get would always have manger scenes on them. And... and and the funny thing was, as you look, all the manger scenes, everything looked nice and calm and serene. Somebody said nobody sweats in Christmas cards, you know? Nobody sweats. Animals are content and serene. Goats, which absolutely freak me out in real life, you know? They, even they look nice, okay? Even the goats look nice. Cows look happy. The straw looks nice and soft. It's never scratchy. You know, the shepherds, they all look like... 
Liam Helmsworth and Joseph looks like George Clooney. I mean, everyone is good looking and a nice warm light. And in the center is Mary wearing blue, you know, all calm and collected. She's just given birth and she has no what? No sweat. Nobody sweats, but that's not real life. It's not today and I don't think it was back then. Life throws something in the middle of that and we wonder where God is in all of this because it's not our story. I think I want the story to go this way. You know, I want my marriage to be perfect just like that. But stories aren't like that. Or my job ends. That's not my story. Or school is just not for me and I don't know what else to do. Or my retirement fund is not where it should be. God, what am I going to do? And we wonder, God, where, where are you? Jeremiah the prophet um, in the Old Testament says, God, it's kind of like I'm chewing on gravel right now. <laughs> you know, I'm just chewing on gravel. And Christmas should always remind us that God doesn't do it our way. God doesn't do it our way. We build a picture of how things should be, but it doesn't work that way. And to say that, God, because I'm now closer to you, my life should be a whole lot Simpler is just not true. The closer Mary and Joseph got to God's will, the more challenging things became. Now that's good. It's not easy, but it's good. And the great thing is, is in the middle of the mess, God is always there. God's always working. The verse that is somewhat common, what we would read, is Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I've shared this one before. Um, this is written in the book of Luke, and if you're familiar or not familiar with the Bible, there's the verse up there and where it says Luke, he's the author, and then the 2.19 is chapter 2, verse 19. So you can go to that and look it up yourself. Luke was, was not there. Um, he came along afterwards, and he was a historian and a journalist and all that kind of stuff. And he went back and he got interviews with all the people. And the details of his story came from firsthand experiences that the people had, and he wrote them all down. So I believe he got this from Mary, and I believe he went to Mary and said, Mary, you just gave birth to the Son of God. You know, how are you feeling? Um, and she said, I treasured these things in my heart. And we all think, oh, you know, she probably pulled out a pretty blue scrapbook, you know, and wrote these things down and journaled it and all these wonderful things are going on. Um, actually, the term treasured, translated, can have a different meaning. And it word can mean grasped or tried to grasp or tried to hold on to something. And the, the word pondered can mean tried to put it together or tried to make sense of it even though it wasn't coming together in her head. So realistically, this verse can be translated to a 14 or 15-year-old girl. Mary grasped at these things and tried to make sense of them. And all of a sudden, you may have not a nice 24-year-old woman with no sweat wearing blue, calm and serene, but a 14-year-old girl it's trying to grasp it. All these things are happening to her and trying to make sense of them. A young girl who's in the middle of a mess, but in the center of what? God's will. I think Jesus can sometimes cause a lot more challenges and a lot more mess. 
and it's going to get messier in life. We sang that song, Nails, Spears, Shall Pierce Him Through. The cross he bore for what? Me and you, and that's a mess. That was a mess, but it was the center of God's will, the center. For our life depends upon his death. And then realize God is with us. God, I love this verse. This says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God entered time and space. Um, there was a meteor shower the other night. Did you guys see it? Did you guys know about it? There was a meteor shower. Um, you went out there, you could see the meteors coming down, uh, the, you know, the shooting stars, all that. If you didn't see it, don't worry. It'll come back again in a million years, but that's the way it goes. No, actually, it comes every year. And... and and it was one of those nights where, where actually the, the breeze was, was blowing. And it was actually not too cold. We went outside and, and, and it was blowing back. You could see the stars and you could see the moon. And Elise and I, we, we took a walk and we were able to actually walk from where we are down to the bluffs. And we walked down to the bluffs. And, and, and the moon was, was beginning to set. And, and, and the waves were just going nutty crazy, you know, coming in. And, and as the moon is setting, you can, you can now, it's lighting up the, the waves here. And so, I, you know, I laid back on a bench, and I, and I, and I got the, the moon coming down, and it's shining on the waves. It's just awesome. You're in the waves, you know, blow. And I'm looking up, and I'm seeing these shooting stars, you know, coming here. And I was like, oh, my gosh, wow, you know, wow. And, you know, not just what an incredible place we live, but what an incredible universe I'm sitting in. And, you, you know, you feel really, really small. Um, here's John's take on the Christmas story. It says this, All things came into being, stars, moon, ocean. All things came into being through Jesus. Apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Grasp that one for a second. Try to. And then he says this, He came into the very world he created. And that's Christmas. And that's the point. God came into the very world he created. He came into this place. And to me, the whole stress thing, the whole mess thing gets kind of swallowed up in something bigger. Yeah, it's a mess, but God came into the mess and fixes it. And that's what God does. He fixes it. He always has and he always will. Now, God promises peace, not a life without a mess, but peace in the mess. And Mary would know that it wasn't nuts to hold on to her faith when craziness happened. Even though it was crazy, um, she knew God. Even though she was in the center of God's will, it was challenging. But God was where? God was right there. And so we come here, you know, and you know, life could be ups, down, crazy, nutty, all that. Um, that same reality can be true for you. God came into this world. And God can come into your life in the mess of it and give you that kind of a peace that you need. I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward, and we're going to take a moment right now. And I'm going to invite you, if you would, just to bow with me for a sec. Yeah, I know, I know a lot of you are going through the, the stress of the mess. I um, understand it. 
and your tangle is a lot more than Christmas lights and your confusion is more on where to start, where to stop. It's, it might be your marriage, it might be your loneliness, it might be your job or finance, money, it might be confusion just about what to do next. God doesn't take away the mess always. He promises to be with you in the mess. And, and, and hey, the point of Christmas is um, beyond just simply trees and celebration and lights. Of course, it's the word God coming into the world that he created. And he did it for a purpose, to die on a cross. And it's okay to think about a cross at times of Christmas that's a point it's okay to think about forgiveness that you need at Christmas time because you need it I need it we all need it and that's why Jesus was punished instead of you and it becomes effective in your life it becomes real in your life when you say I, I am a sinner I have sinned I've screwed up and I need someone a lot bigger than me I need God I need God and that can be a hard thing to say because I want to be able to do it my own self, but I can't. I have to surrender, and surrender is a good thing at the time of year. So maybe you, for the first time, are saying, Jesus, I, I believe this. Not only do I believe it, I accept this. And not only do I accept it, I want to live in this. I need forgiveness, and I need you, and I'm surrendering to you now. Fill me with your love and your Holy Spirit and your grace. So thank you. Lord, we thank you again that we can enjoy this time, but also enjoy what you've done in Jesus. And we thank you in his name. Amen. Hey, thanks, you guys, for being part of today. Um, if you want to stick around after the service, I asked all these announcements after the service. We're going to keep you busy the rest of the day, okay? After we do the final song, we're going to do a final song. It's a great song. Um, you'll love it. Um, you're going to have a chance to greet each other, you know, I know, and remember names, um, stack some chairs. If you want to stick around and help make this place Bethlehem, you can do that as well. So a lot of things are going on. Um, you can serve in any ways you want. Let's stand together. God bless you guys. Love you. Have an incredible week, incredible afternoon, and we will see you next week. <laughs>